The Cinema 9 Podcast presents One Star User Reviews Featuring today's film Sin City Which was released in the year 2005 Yuck by Solitaire Cat 1 I was only able to watch 15 minutes of this movie. As a woman, I found it degrading. I saw three different sets of boobs in 15 minutes. The violence was also extreme. I attempted to watch it purely for entertainment. I must say, I was sorely disappointed by this movie. I found the nudity and the level of violence to be completely unnecessary. The one redeeming aspect of the movie was the comic book style it was shot in. Is it just me, or are the R-rated movies getting closer to pure pornography every day? This has been another edition of One Star User Reviews. Welcome to the Cinema 9 Podcast. Travis Roy, Eric Brancho, Michael Govier. We are live. For our lives, we are live. But you're seeing this recorded or you're hearing this recorded later on. I want to thank you for being a part of things at Cinema 9. Cinema9pod at gmail.com. Five-star review. Subscribe. Blah, blah, blah. And today's movie of focus, which we do every week, our Does It Hold Up segment, which is our main thing about, you know, 20 minutes in now. It used to be 30, 35 minutes, sometimes 45. But, uh, now it's a little shorter, a little more brevity. And that movie will be Sin City, as selected by you, Travis Roy. Are you excited to talk about this film? So very excited to talk about this film. It's been on my radar for a long time for the show. Yeah, it's, uh, I got a lot to say. I can't wait to talk about Sin City. Eric Branstrom, uh, this is your last show. You're going to be out of town next week. Are you excited to hit the high road? I'm going to be in Michigan's beautiful Upper Peninsula uh, for my yearly rest and relaxation gorgeous oh. beautiful are you gonna be in brighton again like you were last week an hour or less away from me what oh wow <laughs> oh, this. this is breaking news yeah i gotta stop hitting that location button on facebook that's <laughs> oh, okay you see me on the screen every week <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know that that's funny wow hey way to sneak in you know hey I, obligations oh, i understand familial obligations I'm aware. Well, you were uh, well, you were in uh, Ohio though, Travis. So maybe well, you weren't I, even around. I, I was at the time, but yeah, I was in Ohio for the No Effects show. Shout out to friend of the show mm-hmm. and friend of of ours and mine, Aaron Worley, and Steve Guile, mm-hmm. and Pud. Jason Willico. Damn, what a had a what great a time. Yep, the final tour of No Effects. It was fucking great. <laughs> you mean farewell Bullshit, tour? But yeah. they say farewell. That means they'll be back. <laughs> final. It means. Final. Yeah, I expect live shows, maybe not tours in the future, but they, they insist. I'm like, yeah, okay. We'll see. I don't know why I believe them a little bit, but I, yeah, actually that was my gut to kind of believe it a little bit because they're not Motley Crue or Kiss or some bullshit like that. But. And they're pushing 60, so, I mean, it makes yeah. sense. They want to hang up on guitars and you're pushing and you got, 60. <laughs> and you got a bum ticker. <laughs> <laughs> Hard again, you got a bum. How many times did Rodriguez do, redo that until he was like, fucking forget it. All right, let's just move on. Because you are pushing 60 and you have a bum ticker. Good God. <laughs> Terrible. Anyways, are you um, reading this off the page? Did you? Uh, okay, so uh, they played five albums, huh? 
They didn't. Well, yeah, they 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 played five albums and a bunch of other stuff. It was intense. They played two hours, two nights in a row, and then Bouncing Souls and Strung Out and Lesson Jake and Descendants and Circle Jerks and a bunch of other bands wow. opened up. Bouncing Souls, that's fun. Lesson Jake, less so, and then it gets less and less. Descendants, yeah, I get less interested. I was there for oh. no effects. I mean, you get down to it. I was there for no effects, and my friends were the main draw, and and it was a uh, very how, great weekend. How intense was uh, Steve for the decline? <laughs> um, we lost touch during the decline. Um, he went there to go we get go. a beer or all. something. <laughs> we got separated uh, about about halfway through. I think Moron Brothers. <laughs> how, uh, I assume late... Steve had a personal experience for that one. I would expect. How late were you up until you're like, man, I gotta get to bed. This is getting because oh. I was up to like three <laughs> filming my movie last week, and I felt like I was being tortured, like in Marathon Man. Like it did not seem right. I was first in bed both nights, midnight. <laughs> No surprise there. <laughs> well, we've seen this trend already at the feast. We, there's people, yeah, it's like, all right, I, it's been a great day. It's, I'm it's done. Over. It's over. In bed first, awake first. That's my story. Mm. <laughs> did you bring your robe, though, like the feast? <laughs> I did not bring my robe. I did have my ah. dogs, though, which is nice. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Pro doghouse. That's yeah. Nice. And now I'm at my Nana's. Here, I'm, I'm filming this from my Nana's because my, Nana. I'm, I'm hanging out with family now. We did the, did the punk rock weekend. Now I'm doing the family week. That's awesome. Yeah. Rug weekend. All right. Well, um, there was children there too, right? Um, technically, there's like 16 and 17. The 17 year old has uh, graduated from high school, um, and I swear, Jason's son, um, the 17 year old, knew. I mean, the kid listens to Big Wig. He listens to Pulley. He knew more about 90s punk rock than probably the three of us or the four of us put together. Wow. It was wild. Weird. Yeah. It was cool. Huh. Interesting stuff. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad you had a good time, and I'm glad yeah. it was fun. Thanks. That's fun. Let's talk movies. That's fun. Mm, you want to share that. with us? Did you watch a movie together at the house? Did you wake up in the morning like, let's put on this movie? We did not. <laughs> there was no movies. Just just beers and chats. No movies. Wow. Nope. Nope. It was, you know, pretty busy weekend. Oh. Okay. No movies at all, then? Well, I watched movies um, with my family the last couple of days. Hmm. I have, I have stuff to report on. Are we getting into it? Yeah. That is what we're doing. Let's do it. Um, I watched three movies uh, with my mom and my stepdad, which typically means going to TCM so we can find some stuff we can all agree on. So I'm always happy to kind of dig into some older stuff, such as the 1936 film Sabotage from uh, um, Hitchcock. Uh, I think it's called in America, like A Woman Alone or something like that. But that was fun. Uh, it's during the Hayes Code era, era, and it very much is a British film, so it doesn't pay attention to any of those kinds of silly laws, and so it takes you to some weird places. <laughs> I checked out... <laughs> you ever heard of that movie? <laughs> Excuse me? That's literally, uh, the, literally the name of this movie. It's P-H-F-F-F-T. <laughs> from 1954. It's Jack Lemmon's second film. Uh, him <laughs> and uh, Judy Holliday and Kim Novak. It's, it was great. It was mm. a lot, lot of fun. And then lastly, I watched uh, from 1986. You guys have both sung highly the praises uh, of Hoosiers. I finally checked oh, out Hoosiers. God, yes. Never think? seen it before. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was funny because when it ended, me and my mom kind of looked at each other and we both like had the same complaint, which is weird, about the editing. We we're like, what's up with the editing in this movie? Like huh? it, was, it was jumbled. It was like rushed. I don't know. The editing was not great in that movie, but the performances were... And the yeah. overall vibe of the film was good. It was obviously like a good, maybe not great movie in my opinion, but it was very, Dennis very Hopper. good. Dennis Hopper was fantastic. Oh. Gene Hackman was great. Um, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. A solid film. A solid yeah. time with questionable editing. <laughs> what can you do? I never heard that complaint before, but it's funny you both mm -hmm. had that one. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. That is odd. How about you, Eric? Eric Bradstrom. Yeah, curb, nonstop at boom, my house. Boom, boom. It's all curb. I'm almost done. I'm gonna. I want to wrap this up because, uh, from what I understand, like all five seasons of Miami Vice are on Tubi. I've never seen this show, and uh, I want to see what this is all about. So I'm gonna be reporting next week. Michael Mann. Yeah, Good luck. He was. Yeah. I've seen this show. Like the guest stars are out of sight. Like everybody was on this show when I was eight. I saw it when I was eight. I used to like take. Uh, tape like you know like scotch tape and put it over my mustache <laughs> area and color it in black and pretend like i was tubs but <laughs> <Tubby> <laughs> submarine. Bobby, wow. tubs. I, 
Tubby's. Tubby's always great. overrated. Tubby's is trash, by the way. Oh, oh I prefer Tubby's. Good. I'll take Tubby's over uh, almost any really? other sub shop. Absolutely. Tubby's is great. Blimpy? I miss Blimpy. Blimpy, Blimpy is superior to Tubby's. I'll give you that. Um, that didn't last. Sub talk. Sub talk. Talking you know subs. what? I'm going to do... I, I'm going to give credit where credit's due, and I'm going to backtrack on my constant and multiple bashing of, uh, <laughs> and I cannot believe it, man. I was just as surprised as anyone last night when I watched Toy Story 4. Like, yeah. <laughs> I bashed the fuck out of this we both for did. its seeming purposelessness. I was laughing nonstop. Like, I, I, it, it took many years for me to get over the fact that just it, it did not need to exist. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that feeling is gone now, and I could just sit back and kind of enjoy what, what was going on. It's fun. I like it, man. I, I'm, I'm back, and I'm excited for part five. If they're going to keep them going, which is a cash cow, it's a huge I, I, IP. So, I don't know. Crisis. Yeah, I apologize to the team. I, I had nicer things to say upon my revisitation. I'm still not happy with Woody's arc, but it's not a terrible movie yeah, by any stretch. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, Never seen two, three, or four, so I got nothing to say. That's it. I'm still stuck oh, in 1995 fuck. when we watched it. Like, Michael, you blew it. Yeah, I think that's it, man. I'm gearing up for tubs. Maybe I'll bust out the scotch tape and uh, <laughs> send you guys a picture. Please do. <laughs> ah. Well, I watched the uh, Arnold documentary. I couldn't help myself. I was actually excited oh. to watch it. I was yeah, really excited. Because mm-hmm. I think... He he's been grabbed by a lot of different sects, SECTs of society, mm-hmm. as like a bastion of manliness. But also, there's a lot more going on there. It's just not that. It never has been. He's an interesting guy. Um, not perfect, of course, because he's a fucking human being. But I really enjoyed it. It's three parts. It's part one, the athlete. Part two, the actor. Part three, the politician. So he just okay. breaks it up like that. And I like that. It's a great. It's a smart way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just. He's very honest, too, you know? It's not all about... It's not one of these docs where people are, look at what I do with my life, and it's all from a perspective of one mm-hmm. person. It it covers everything, and I appreciate that. I have more respect for him today. I do. And especially, his, his governorship is very interesting now, especially mm-hmm. where we are 12 years later after he left office. What he did there in California is pretty pretty cool. <laughs> so and it makes me kind of long for... Boy, I'd be... I'd be thrilled if the federal government was like that, but um, it's not, in case you're not aware. so I love a California Republican. It's better than a West Virginia Democrat. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun to see. Uh, you know, there, I wish there were some more tidbits about some of the movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I would check it out. There's a fun tidbit about True li- uh Not True Lies. Well, there is True Lies tidbits, but when uh, Last Action Hero came out, he talks about that. It's good stuff. I'd recommend that part of it. Definitely going to check it so, out. So, check it out. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I'll talk about the Arnold thing. Just make sure. Uh, oh, um, yeah. I did want to mention um, um, the other movie I watched was Hard to Kill, Steven Seagal, 1990. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I hadn't seen this. I had not seen it in a really long time. Steven Seagal movies were a huge part of my childhood. I have to... I'm not proud of it now, but it was like DiBiase loved Steven Seagal. And like he had all the, he, my DiBiase was my twice removed stepdad, and he loved Steven Seagal. So he had all the movies on VHS Above the Law, Hard to Kill, Mark for Death. I mean, these are violent ass movies, and especially Hard to Kill is just fucking ridiculous. I mean, I didn't know he was married to Kelly LeBrock. I knew, I remember she co starred in it, but. They were married at that time. And she basically said, I only did it because he was my husband, and it was a huge mistake. <laughs> Hard to kill is terrible. It's so terrible. And it's too bad because you got uh, uh, Donald Sandler? Sadler? William Sadler. Yeah. In there yeah. as the yeah. uh, bad guy. Yeah. But he's hardly yeah. in it. It's like, do not yeah, it's weird. my butt. <laughs> he's, it's, uh, it's so stupid. Such a dumb movie. Don't watch Hard Hold to Kill. Why are you ashamed? Those were fun movies. You don't have to be ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm just, uh, I'm actually just reminding myself, like, hey, you know, Steven Seagal movies were a huge part of our childhood. We, me mm-hmm. and my brothers, like, we all watch the shit out of them. So that's really all I'm saying. I got no can shame ask, about it. It's a piece of shit. Can I ask what time of the day you watched it? <laughs> it was dark. It was 1030 at night. Oh, well, that seems like the ideal timing. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not enough booze. <laughs> uh, I watched another terrible movie called Rules Don't Apply, which is. Oh, God. What happened to uh, Alden 
Heidenreich, who played Solo in the Solo story. You know, he's, I haven't seen him lately. He's he in Cocaine Bear. Oh, he's, so oh, he's back, yeah. but I swear. Okay, where has he been sitting? Like, it was like a four-year period. I swear, I can't think of a movie he was in. Mm -hmm. I really can't. Uh, I they, it seemed like he was the next big thing, like Spielberg mm -hmm. threw him in. I know he was in uh, the Coen mm -hmm. Brothers movie, Hail Caesar, and <laughs> Twer, it were so simple, which is a hilarious scene. What were it, Twer? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there he was in Rules Don't Apply. This is a Warren Beatty movie that he was desperate to talk about or to make oh, yeah, for decades yeah. about Howard Hughes. <laughs> but it's apply. fucking terrible. And it's got Lily Collins in it, bad. who everybody loves, uh, Phil Collins' daughter. What yeah. went wrong, man? Beatty can't catch a break. After Town and Country, he was like, all right, never again. It's over. <laughs> he comes out with this, and it's over again. He's lost $100 million. You know what I think happened, yeah. Eric, is... I think a lot of people just thought about The Aviator and how awesome that movie was. And it's like, yeah, dude, this yeah, is a piece of yeah. shit. I think that did happen a little bit because it was an inevitable, inevitable comparison of the Howard Hughes yeah. movies. So. Mm -hmm. And Melvin and Howard. That's a good, I mean, there's a lot of mm -hmm. decent Howard oh, Hughes God, films. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Anyways, don't watch it. It sucks. It's not even worth your time. <laughs> you got it. <sighs> okay, now well, we covered that. Why didn't the rules apply? Like, what was that? Oh, rich? Well, it was actually, <laughs> no, it actually wasn't about him. It was about the girl, so. Yeah, she's special because some guy wants Alden Arhen Eichenreich. I don't. I'm Aaron. Thank you. Yeah, he wanted to fuck Lily Collins. Basically, he said that because he wanted to fuck Lily Collins' character. That's all. So, well, motivation don't apply to you because I want to fuck you. So there you go. Okay, problematic. Yeah, strange. Well, it was a movie based in the late '50s, so it makes sense. It might be problematic. All right, it's time to get into it now. Travis has selected Sin City. This was a. I mean, this was a huge deal when it oh. came out. A lot. I have to imagine, Travis, mm. as we get into it here, we always start with our original origin stories with the films. The first time we saw them, there's got to be a decent story here, right? Uh, no, that's not particularly interesting. I just watched it in theaters oh. a whole bunch of times. <laughs> I mean, I was stoked to see it. Uh, you know, Frank Miller, Robert Rodriguez, and I knew Quentin Tarantino was involved in that cast and, you know, graphic novel that I'd never read. Uh, but, yeah, I caught it in theaters and was blown away and as i said last episode i believe it's the movie i've seen most in theaters around six times or so wow, okay. wow. eric i know i definitely saw it with you at the uh imagine novi when that was a hot ticket back mm -hmm. in the day and we went back to uh you could drink a beer there christian talked the shit out of it all night um yeah man i i, I read all those books uh, in the late 90s, so I was pumped. I, not so much for Rod, Rod Rodriguez, because I think all of his movies are fucking terrible. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Frank Miller is Frank Miller. So, yeah, uh, I was blown away. Watched it multiple times. Immediately bought that incredible two-disc special edition uh, DVD set when yeah. it came out. Came with the comic. Uh, we're going to talk about those special features in a, in a little while. There's some doozies. But, yeah, it was just over and over and over and over again. But it's been about... 18 years. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't into this. I remember the hubbubaloo, the scuttlebutt, but I wasn't I wasn't into it. I never saw it in theater. I, I watched it about five years later, I think, for the first time on some random night, so I don't really have a special story to tell on it either. But hmm. I guess I, I don't know. I, I thought it was an interesting idea. I'm like, oh, it seems kind of cool, but I just wasn't feeling it. So I don't, I don't really know why. I don't have a good answer for that. Hmm. Did you not like the look? The look of it turned you off. I don't know. I, I don't know. I was twenty five, and I was like, you know, the MCU hadn't it's started not horror, yet. Horror, you would at least be interested in it. Yeah, that's true. Well, actually, I never saw three hundred either. I'm like, fuck this movie. It just seems oh, stupid really? to me. Mm. Yeah, I don't I saw know that why. really early before like the hype. You know, like, like, oh, you did. I saw it when it first came out. And I was like, this is a like a game changer. Wow. It, did three three hundred come out before this or after? I thought it was after. I thought it was right after this, or maybe the same year, actually, if I had to look it up. But because um, they're both 300 was oh, 2007, six. Now, yeah, it was a year later. Was, it was a year uh, later. Yeah, mm -hmm. the game changer was for green screen. The movie was Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Yes, oh. this was 2004, and I, like, I watched that <laughs> in the theaters. I was like, "This is fucking stupid." It looks like some <laughs> asshole made it on his terrible his bedroom. <laughs> I've never um, seen it. I, I've never seen it. I'm assuming it's terrible. Yeah, but it, it did this, so, you know, no sets, just in the studio. And fucking mm -hmm. Bob, Rob Rodriguez shot this in his, at his house, <laughs> basically, this entire movie. just shot it at yeah. his house. Yeah, no he shit. did all the but sound it, yeah. stuff and, like, his bonus guest house and whatever. That's mm. wild. That is, And they totally let him do this, too. That's pretty cool. 
Plus, and then he other left the. Yeah, they left the Directors Guild of America because they wouldn't let him have co-credit with Frank Miller. He's one of the few yep. big-time directors Amazing. not in the guild. That's right. And uh, Quentin Tarantino did a guest uh, directing on this in the uh, one scene, Clive Owen scene with Benicio when yep. he's dead in the car, They're talking in the car, I believe. Dispenser. So funny, man. I could not stop laughing about Benicio del Toro's voice in this. And I was trying what? to think. By the way, I have to. Li- oh, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Well, I was gonna, is there enough fake noses in this movie? No. <laughs> no. Nose budget. I got a couple What's things for you right the back. This thing? All right, I'll save all these things, but I I will okay. tell you guys right up front, the thing I did want to mention is I ended up watching the version I hadn't seen, which is where it's split up. In I thought I saw the movie as like, it was yeah, all, it was all different divided. stories. Yep. But the way I saw, it had huh? credits for every story. I don't remember it being like that. It was like it's one not movie. Like that. It's not I know. Like that. This was the yeah. unrated like director's cut thing. It was totally different. I swear, it's the it's the movie I got. So I'm just saying, it was the. Oh. So it we was watched the, different movies. Well, no, because I've seen. Well, no, it's the same stuff. It's just presented differently. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen the way it was done previously, so I do remember that. And that's why I immediately like said, okay. "Like, oh, this is strange," because I don't remember it being like this. And there where, was a credit. I'm like. <laughs> I don't know. It was just the it? copy I had. It was the copy I've had forever. It was in my uh, external hard drive for years. So oh, I, don't know. I don't know what that is. Anybody has seen this movie? It's on the, Max. Is it an unrated direct? If it's not on Max, have you, let me know if I'm crazy. Cinema9pod at gmail.com. If you've seen the uh, where it's broken up with each story with the credits at the end, like a full credits, five minutes of credits, and then it starts over. Let me know if I'm crazy or not. All right. What's the score on this thing? IMDb Ooh. rating. Uh, I assume it's going to be a big hit, but maybe not a la- classic. No. I'm going to say 7-3. Yeah, right in that area. I'll go a little lower. I'll go 7-2. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, 7-3 just sounds so right. But I'll, I'll, Can I agree? Mm-hmm. Can we agree on this? Yeah, Are we allowed we've to done it before. Sure. Why not? Oh, I agree. I think it is a 7-3, yeah. All right. Oh, shit. What we got? An 8 Wow, way off! How Ooh. many? Uh, how many votes we got here? Almost eight hundred thousand. That's a Holy lot. Holy shit! Yeah, that's a clear-cut classic, basically. Now, now I'm nervous. What? <laughs> you, you, you're nervous to talk about hypermasculinity of the movie? <laughs> <clears throat> that's funny. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, of course. Uh, you know, not far off from what they're doing over at IMDb, but it is different. 76 from the critics, mm-hmm. then 78 from the audience. Not much different. Hmm. Oh, right. A little lower. Desson? It should be a Desson. Desson Thompson. Desson Thompson. Prime Desson. Prime time for his reviewing years. Prime time, Desson. <laughs> Pre-Obama. How about a bri- <laughs> Obama. Obama. Uh, Desson Thompson. No, no. See, how about Richard Corliss from Time Magazine? Mm-hmm. For all its astro- astronomical body count, Sin City is brazenly, thrillingly alive. <laughs> wow, thanks, dude. Thank you, Richard. Thank it's you, alive. Richard. Thank you. Thank you for your okay. sacrifice, Richard. Mm. Uh, let's see. Empire Magazine's Kim Newman said, For the guys, it's Rodriguez's best film by far, and a treat for fans of good-looking girls in black and white, of classic film noir and of imaginative ultra-violence. Any actual reviews here? <laughs> descriptions of the film. Yeah, well, it's for the guys who love to see you know, women in, in their outfits, and the hyper-violence black is and fun. White. Yeah, and black and white, and hyper-violence is fun. I like that uh, black and white pornography. Yeah, I mean, that's the best stuff. I I remember uh, that flapper porn of the 20s was a big deal the first time I saw it. Man, I'm looking for Destin really hard. Uh, how about Richard Roper? That guy, uh-huh. okay. that hack. Uh, Robert Rodriguez is one audaciously talented man. That's his comment. There you go. Anything about the movie here, anybody? 
<laughs> Come on, Dessen, please save us. We really need you right now. If we ever needed Dessen for this sec, how about this? Yeah. Yeah. Peter Travers, yeah. we can usually rely on him. Okay. Yeah. Sin City is a hard, cold, relentless assault. It's also something Hollywood seems to have given up on. A bold, uncompromised vision. Okay. Yeah, coming from 2005, I can definitely see that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything this movie was at that time, it was fresh. That's what uh, that that's what brought everyone to the to, back to the theater. We'd never seen anything like it. That that hits it on the head right there. It was very unique at the time. <laughs> How about Kurt Loader? Kurt Loader, MTV. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Old Kurt. You see that hair right now. You got Louis yep. Largent chiming in. <laughs> We got John Norris after this. Um, Infield. I, I'm Epping. Yeah. I like Set I like city. movie violence as much as the next person. Okay, Kurt. I sense but, a buck coming. Yep. But I like it to have more snap and tingle than this sense deadening slop. <laughs> Travis, do you want your violence to have tingle? Yeah. I want it to have slap, but no tingle. <laughs> <laughs> snap, crackle, pop. No pop. <laughs> Well, there's a ton of reviews for this one. There it is. I finally found him. Okay, yes. Dessen? All right. All right. Yeah, here we to go. Say. Bring it. Dessen Thompson, on March 31st, 2005, said this. Mm-hmm. Rodriguez and company have so faithfully captured Miller's essence. There's something beautiful about the whole thing. It's an act of inspired reverence. It always seems wild to me that people can like make a movie and take a graphic novel and be like, look. Like all of our all of our screenshots are already all planned out. We got it all mapped out already. It's gonna make it look exactly like this. Yeah, right. Which it looks like they did. Do you know what a motion comic is? Uh, it's no. on the interwebs. Yeah, there's a lot of these on YouTube, like where people take comics and like they'll go through the the comic book as if they're like it's like a storybook time. They're reading it to you, but like. They'll put music in there and voices, and it can be pretty a pretty fun experience. It's pretty much what we're dealing with here. I give Rodriguez a lot of credit for, for a, a shitload of credit for bringing Frank Miller on as co-director because just I mean, every shot is basically his panels. Am I yeah. wrong? Like, yeah. Like he 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 made the the film in print form. Uh, in 1991, mm-hmm. uh, essentially. So, so bringing him on was the right thing to do. And what it does is it reminds me of this argument about the live-action Disney films and why they infuriate me so much is they are basically just... I mean, they're just redoing this beautiful work that was already done frame by frame by these animators mm-hmm. and just refusing to, to laud them enough, in my opinion. Yeah. Wow. Well, I... I don't know. I don't have an experience with the source material. I never read it. So I just assumed it was very faithful because everybody else said it was. And the way it was done was very unique. And that Frank Miller was so involved, I assumed, because one of the things that he didn't want to do it is he didn't think it could be effectively done in this visual medium. But apparently it was. And there's many, many shots that you look at and you're like, oh, I, I, even if I haven't read that particular comics, I haven't read all of them by a long shot. But there's many shots you look at and you're like, that's Definitely a panel. That's a panel. That's a panel. Yeah, when uh, when Jack takes the the bullet, the pistol thing, or it, like freeze yeah. frames it, or the other guy gets the bullet in the head. Is that what it is? That was it's like those are ones where I thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Or Hardigan yeah. like walking down an alley at one point. I'm like, yep, there's a comic book scene right there. <laughs> yeah. So Michael Madsen cool. didn't belong in this film. Oh, because he because he does a terrible job. Yeah, it's horrible. It's he Worst didn't belong. Action. I mean, why? The only reason he got in there is because he's like. Apparently, according to the IMDb trivia, hey, Bob Rodriguez, why aren't I casting your movie yet? Well, hey, just so happens we got one spot left for you, Mike. Great. Right, you have to read the script or prepare in any uh, in any type. No, 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 no. I'm gonna totally half-ass it. I gotta do that. <laughs> you got a bum ticker. Uh, if this okay, if this is uh, what did you call this, Travis? Uh, hyper masculinity, the movie. Is that hyper masculinity. Yeah, hyper masculinity, the movie. That's what this is. Okay. I also call this narrator the movie, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. but it, green screen the movie. Green screen the movie. Um, <laughs> all, all also, <laughs> um, slow down the movie. Everyone's There's a constant reference to going slow down. You're going too fast. It happens at least three times in all the different stories. I'm like, okay, oh. well, this is like a theme, which I thought well, was odd. because 
Oh, there are many themes. That's true. Also, yeah. Pecker the movie. The word Pecker is used in this <laughs> multiple times, and I was just curious yeah. if we're yeah. fans of the word Pecker because I never use that word, and maybe I should. Um, nut damage the movie. Um, you could call it that. <laughs> there's yep. definitely, a, there's a lot of repeated stuff like where how Dwight and Hardigan in particular are both wanting to prove themselves as like having worth to certain people. Um, Marv and Dwight are both like uh, have mental health issues and they're like compelled to murder, but they're trying to like channel it in a Dexter like kind of good way. There's a lot of re recurring themes between like not every story has the same theme, but like usually two of them will. Yeah, and Josh Hartnett's in this movie. Remember him? Yeah, yep. Convincing, <laughs> yeah. no. <laughs> oh. Convincing is a hitman. No. I, I do like him. I've always liked him as an actor. I don't find him, I've never found him very compelling as this character. He just, he's too young and soft-spoken and just like, I don't buy yeah. that he's a hitman, but that's okay. I only it's, found him compelling in The Virgin Suicides when he played Trip Fontaine? Trip, Trip Fontaine, yeah. yeah. Trip Fontaine. That's all I got. Yeah. All right. Um, so... The story is they, they Rodriguez just went out and filmed that first segment, right? Without even getting the permission to be able to take this on as a feature film backed oh. by a studio. Yep. Just to see if it would work. Um, I like both of those bookends quite a bit. Um, yeah, I do too. Mostly, but mostly because they're just like something I, like I'd never really seen. I'd never seen a, 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 a story about someone who orders a hit on themselves in a movie like ever. Whereas everything else in the movie, I've seen five million times, even in 2005. But, so I like those bookends. Hmm. Oh, she ordered it herself. I didn't realize that. I'm a moron. But I still I like it. Either. I like it even more now. So. Yeah, that opening sequence is like a perfect opener for the film because it really lets you know that you're going to have women in distress. You're going to have men that are, for the large part, like, so the few men in okay. here that are good are like, are like, flawed but good i guess and then every other man in this movie is just pure dripping evil so that's <laughs> a good setup for that yeah I, I actually i love marv of the three main dudes i guess from each yep. story I, Me too. I just do because i love i love mickey rourke i've always liked mickey rourke i know he could be oh, difficult yeah. to work with but he puts himself into stuff and i've always appreciated that respect that about mickey rourke and this marv character is like He's all fucked up, but he's also a badass, and he's not lying to himself about anything. While it seems like, you know, maybe Dwight and Hardigan are trying to fool themselves a little bit. Marv's just like, this is fucked. Everything's fucked. Life <laughs> is a burden, and free me of this pain, you pansies. I love it. <laughs> and he's so vulnerable. Yeah. Like, uh, I, like for, for, for being such a dumb movie, for lack of a better <laughs> word, like, I do tear up every single time. Um, he meets Wendy at the end right before he's about to die. It's mm -hmm. so touching. And it's a, a great testament to Mickey Rourke and what he does. I mean, this is a classically trained Strasbourg actor mm -hmm. that doesn't nearly get enough credit. And he'd been missing in action forever uh, in 2005, before The Wrestler. Yeah. Um, but he has these little moments where he's He's showing this vulnerability. Like, he doesn't, like, it'd be so easy for an actor to be like, oh, I can't even get a woman to look at me because of the way I look. But when he plays it, you know, he kind of chuckles to himself. Like, he's he's resolute about he's all of it. this stuff. Yeah. It's a very complex character, and it's all internal. Yeah, I was yeah. almost going to say, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, if you had a point on that, because I'll say something else. So okay, well, I was just going to add on about um, about Marv and th that whole sequence being my my favorite sequence in the movie, and that he is. Um, that was pretty much it. I just wanted to say that that's my that's my favorite of the of the four mm -hmm. different stories. Mm -hmm. What were you going to say? It's obvious. Well, I was almost going to say this may have been the best cast movie ever because I think about it all around. There's one person that's very obviously shouldn't be in this movie to me. <laughs> Maybe you guys already know who that is. But, like, oh Elijah Wood, fucking perfect. Uh, yes. Nick Stahl, Yellow Bastard, perfect. Uh, Marv, perfect with Mickey Rourke. Even Bruce, I mean, oh. Bruce Willis, this might be one of his, this might be, I know we talked about, what was the movie we talked about, Travis? Didn't you say it was, like, maybe it was the best performance of his career? 12 Monkeys? Yeah. I yeah. think this could be in the running. He's really good in this. <gasps> I, I'm not kidding. I, that on, was my man. response. That's, I, I, that's how I felt about it. I really did. I thought it was hey. really well done in his part. I'm with you. If I was making a list of the five best Willis performances, I would definitely include this one. Yeah. If I was going to make a list of the 
dumbest, most shittily written Bruce Willis characters, this would absolutely be at the top of it. Oh, I believe wow. Plot holes and ridiculousness in this character arc, like, period. Well, <laughs> I, I was, think we're I talking about two different it. things, though, aren't we? I'm talking about what his performance is versus the written character. I think that's two sure, different things. Sure, yeah. He, he does his job. Okay. Well, I don't need okay. to talk you into it. I, me and Travis agree. That's enough for me. But um, <laughs> but then I look at fucking Jessica Alba. I'm like, why are you in this movie? Uh, why? And if you're going to be... I'm sorry. This is a big deal for me, and I don't care what anyone says. If you're going to be a stripper in a movie, and it's like key to your essence, you can't even like get down to lingerie. Fuck off. Get out of here. I don't need you to be <laughs> nude. But the fact that you're uh, such an anti-nudist person on screen, if that's your thing, which it is, that's like her thing. You can look it up, Google it. That's fine. But why are you in this movie? This is not that movie. You don't belong here. She looks a lot like the Nancy uh, 11-year-old, age 11. Yeah, she, she I, does. I thought that was really good casting between the two of them at the very least. And I also thought that she... Um, it's it's awkward, you know, the, the huge age gap between the two of them. But I thought that she <laughs> sold it. I thought she sold it pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> she sold the grooming aspects of this film. That are He's not grooming her. He can't even write her back. It's tough. Yeah, he doesn't... He avoids it, but, like, he loves... He, when he says, I love you too. He loves her so much. It's really, it's fucked up. But I think it's an honest assessment of humanity and how difficult that shit could be when you have, they shared an incredibly traumatic experience. It's it's exactly. complicated, man. Yeah. The performance is unacceptable. Like, this seems like a sweet person. Yeah. And a beautiful woman. But every line is just off. Like, you're not selling me on, like, that your car is a heap or that, like, <laughs> this. or She's just not selling these film noir lines. She doesn't belong in this world, man. I know Nancy's supposed to be, like, a really innocent person, too, so that makes sense. I just don't think that Jessica Alba was the right call here. That's the only problem I have with the casting. Otherwise, it's, like, almost perfect casting. It really is for me. Best casting? Maybe favorite casting? Nikki Cat yeah. is the uh, swastika yeah, yes! head guy. <laughs> Hey, uh, guys, uh, should we go to the hospital, maybe? <laughs> so funny. I, I wrote that's that so down. Funny. I did. I'm like, oh, my God, uh, Nikki can't steals the scene there. And, uh, uh, Eric so, didn't like that either. He's got a right. swastika on him. <laughs> by the way, uh, I think it's does funny Mijo that... throw a swastika star thing, by the way? Was that a swastika Right, she thing? has a swastika throwing star, and then she shoots him yep. through the swastika in his head. So I'm getting mixed oh, messages yeah. about how she feels about Nazism. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Weird. But uh, yeah, also, uh, Nick Stahl is awesome as a yellow bastard. I just want to say that again. Nick Stahl could play a fucking scumbag to the max. I've seen him do it in Bully. I've seen him do it here. He's really mm -hmm. good in that role. And also, one of the best lines of the whole movie, do it or I'll call my dad. <laughs> so funny. I could not stop laughing while he's trying to set up yeah. the final murder of Nancy. Yeah. I could not stop laughing. It's so funny. Yeah, he's like Nick Stahl as Hunter Biden. <laughs> Like I, I, I got a question. Like, if you get penile reconstructive surgery, does that turn you into Quark from Star Trek Beach Basin? <laughs> in Basin like, City, it does. Face in Basin That's City, right. it does. <laughs> yeah, anything's possible if you have money. Didn't you know that? It doesn't matter how big of a scumbag you are. It's all about power. And of course, Powers Booth, classic Powers Booth voice in this. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Like this is classic. Yep. Demonized Booth. How did? How do two yep. people agree on the name Powers? <laughs> I don't know. We're thinking Powers or Josh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Powers. Frank. Maybe yeah. his mother came from like the Tyrone Powers family line. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> That's, that, that, that sounds right. <laughs> Big Tyrone Powers fan. <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just still annoyed. She shouldn't have been a stripper, and it really bothers me. I'll, I'll move on from it, but boy, it's just so stupid. Yeah. Also, yeah. and when you see, see someone body? like Carla Gugino, who is a goddess, oh I just, I mean, oh I've never God. seen, so, she looks like a doll. It's almost like freaky. Oh it's like, God. this woman is beautiful, but she's, she's also incredible. fucking raw. She is, when you see those two set up like that, that's what showed me the difference, frankly, because Gugino crushed it in her role. She's so awesome in it. I'm always bummed that she dies as early as, as she does. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. on the other hand, I sure love the recurring, oh, that's a nice coat. That's a nice looking coat you got there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love well, that part a coat. of it. And I also love that, Can you know. Parole she, officers? Sorry. Well, I, I, no, parole officers cannot prescribe medication, but she's clearly not going. <laughs> like, I don't think she's prescribing it. I think she's stealing it from her girlfriend. Oh. or like Yeah, her girlfriend's a counselor. Oh. 
Okay. That's what I got. Oh, from. So okay, she's okay, a therapist. I got you. She, got you. She colors outside the lines because there are no honest cops in this except for Hardigan. Um, and sort of her, and she makes the fatal mistake of trusting the police because all institutions in Sin City are broken, <laughs> utterly broken. See, that's the thing about Hardigan's part that I, I assume you guys didn't. This isn't in the movie where he's in bed for like ever, or is it? Like, for, like what? all these huh? characters come to Hardigan when he's in bed after he's busted with uh, Nancy, and they assume he's the one who's done it. With uh, when he originally arrests Rourke and has the showdown, mm-hmm. the first one, is there there isn't a like ten minute segment of where the camera is from Hardigan's point of view and all these people are at the bed. Like we're talking like twelve characters come in to like talk to him, right? You watch you watched a different movie and, and I, I watched the, the on yeah. this was definitely the uncut one for sure. Yeah, because no, I didn't remember just, that being in the movie. Just I'm doing you, Hardigan. I'm doing you, but good. Only he, only yeah. he comes in. <laughs> well, I know why they cut it though, Travis. The reason they cut this because it just goes on. It's from his point of view in bed for like eight minutes of all these characters. Yeah. Like, just tell us the truth. Nancy shows up. Uh, Rourke shows up. The police detective shows up. Fucking Bob or the yeah the asshole Michael Madsen plays shows up, and it's all from the ca- the camera's point of view of Hardigan. It's like, dude, this is going on way too long. I see why yeah. they cut this out from the main film. Yeah, they cut it down to just Rourke and Nancy, which makes sense. Yep. Mike, did you just watch the deleted scene <laughs> bonus disc? Maybe, I, yeah, maybe I did. I'm not sure, but but uh, yeah, Powers Booth. When you need a true ass, <laughs> you get Powers Booth on the yeah, phone. Yeah, better be perfect. Rest in peace. Call him a dead. Rest in peace, man. He was. What about second-rate Sam Walkwell? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I checked IMDb. I'm like, it's got to be. No, no, it's Freddie. It's, um, it's Freddie. What's his name? Freddie. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Well, it's not. Yeah, it's not Freddie Rodriguez. Oh, it's not Freddie no. Rodriguez. I totally thought that was Freddie Rodriguez. No, no, I know. It's it's poor man Sam. <laughs> All right. Well, he does a great job. One of my favorite lines in the movie is, "I can only express alarm border or puzzlement bordering on alarm." <laughs> so great. <laughs> That's again from the unrated version. That those two guys have so many more lines of those oh. like very complex words, and I'm like, oh, okay, so I see why they cut all this out because it's much better just to hear that. So, well, yeah, I love their, I love Nick Offerman and discount uh, Sam Rockwell and their eloquence. Tommy Nix looks like he played Weevil. Was that no? Weevil was a different guy, right? No, no he was knows. he was Clump and Schlub. I don't know which one he was, Clump or Schlub. <laughs> Schlub was Nick Offerman. I got that. Much. Okay, well, he was Clump. Clump. I'll look for Clump. Okay. <laughs> Eric, let it out. Yeah, come on, Rip Eric. Into it. Clearly holding back. I do, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not here to bash anything. I just got a lot of questions. Like, for instance, when you confess to uh, 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 sexual assault of a, a, a preteen, you're freed. Do you get let out of yeah. prison? Again, in Sin City, you do because the institutions are broken. When he tells the truth and is honest about his innocence, he is punished and he's kept in prison. When he lies and says that he's a child molester because the system is so broken, he is freed. No, this is not reality. This is movie logic. But it's also because it meant so much to him because Hardigan was a really, like, he thought, at least, he was a really honest cop. So to have Mm -hmm. this as his reputation is crushing to him, and Rourke knows that. Yeah. Yeah. When you have angina and you're shot no less than 80 times. You can't even lift that cannon. Doesn't that. Uh, hey, you know what? <laughs> I mean, what For the second this? time this year, a dog fell 15 stories, 150 feet, and survived. You never know what the oh. fuck is going to happen with, with anything in that kind of realm. But yeah, watching him get shot like through the heart in the opening of the movie from the back uh, by, by bum ticker. It's kind of like, <laughs> all right, he should be dead now, but whatever. Also, Marv didn't kill the wolf. He let the wolf eat Elijah Wood's character, too, so I'm sure that was nice. No way I'm going to use my gun on you. (laughs) It's so brutal. Although that dog absolutely needs to be put down. I'm like, you know what a dog lover I am, but if you have a taste for human flesh, you need to be put down. Yeah, Yeah, I feel bad for him. (laughs) Hopefully they've... He's a (laughs) man-eater. Come on, Eric, get pissed. What else are you pissed about? Come on, bring it. Oh, uh, they're not checking the letters that Nancy wrote to him every single week. They're, they, but they, they do. They, 
they, they need him to like they don't understand that they're, they're looking for nancy this entire time <laughs> and like they don't understand that she's going by the same name living in the same town that everybody goes to the same bar and they're confused <laughs> and they need him to be let out to point her to where she is what the, what the fuck is or this? how about the All fact right. that like when you know dwight holds a blade to uh jackie's eyeball and it's like you know leave my new girlfriend's apartment or whatever and then he watches him leave he's like All right, they're gonna they got they got when they want to go hurt a woman they gotta i gotta go stop him it's like well, why don't you fucking kill him while you're in the had him in the bathroom get out of the bathtub <laughs> there's a bunch of shit like that where it's like uh okay fine sure yellow bastard you're just gonna leave him swinging and walk away and, and just assume he dies like, okay sure <laughs> there's a lot of that going on there. By the but way, again, it's, it's second it's all Second rate uh, Rockwell is Rick Gomez, actor Rick Gomez, who's been in Band of Brothers. He's had a very uh, solid career, justified. Yeah. He's in the new Silo, by the way. So there you go. Okay. Shout out to Gomez. Rick Gomez. Way to go, buddy. Sam Rockwell wannabe. Uh, also, this movie's also you can't about. can't help what he looks like. <laughs> you already mentioned this when we talked about the, uh, the dog eating his master, if you will. Um, mm. That uh, this movie's all about screaming or not, because Nancy don't scream because that'll make mm -hmm. him come. And then it's also this guy, Elijah Wood's character, he doesn't <laughs> scream at all, no screaming yep. whatsoever, not a noise, not a peep. Another one of those dualities, like we were talking earlier. There's just so much of that throughout the film. Yeah, it's very intentional. Frank Miller, uh, you call this a Erica dumb script? Is that what you're saying? A dumb movie or? Mo yeah, most of the dialogue is really it's just goofy like I, I get what it's going for but this is like an eighth grader trying to like write raymond chandler to me like there's a lot of lines that are just like oh, yeah that's interesting okay. no he's right i mean it, it a lot of it is like tough guy bullshit kind of cliched dialogue there's a lot of that going on in here it works for the film though for my which, in my opinion yeah which, on which, purpose right exactly i mean it's film noir exactly you you say that but like I watch, when I watch like old, old film or like the Maltese Falcon and some it, the Long Goodbye, like it's really smart uh, voiceover. This is just like my my the, my muscles are giving me a thousand promises. Like it's just not. It's just sounds really dumb. Some like, of it, it does. Like trying to write some of it does, like. but then there's also guys, characters, men even if you will, who mm. are doing things that. Um, they're taking it. They're like, you know what? I'm going to take this. The, the yeah. typical person can't handle it. Hardigan's like, I'm going to take this rap. It's like the worst thing ever. It's just like, it's hell on earth for him. Marv is taking shit because right. he's being, they're being patient in terms. This movie to me is all about looking at the big picture instead of the micro moment too. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I, and, and also this is, um, it's like super stylized, uh, uber exaggerated. This is not a yeah. normal noir film. Uh, it does, I agree, has um, it has a somewhat juvenile approach in some of it, and some of it feels a little wooden as far as the dialogue is concerned. But I do think that some of it, it kind of depends on who's delivering it, too, because I think Marv's or uh, you know, Mickey Rourke's delivery of a lot of this stuff and Bruce Willis's delivery of a lot of this stuff, it make, yeah. they make it work. And then you, and then, yeah, yeah, and then you have some people that kind of just aren't, like Josh Hart, Josh Hart that doesn't sell it for me. Uh, Alexis Bledel doesn't sell it for me. Hey, remember uh, Clive Owen? So we barely talked about that story so far, which I think says a lot. Um, it's always been my least favorite of the three, but I I wanted to fast forward that whole segment so well, bad this time. It's just I wanted to bring up that I wanted to bring up that aspect in that story because Old Town is about these women. They're the powerful mm -hmm. women. They run Old yep. Town, so it's supposed to be okay. We got some feminist action going on here, but at the same time, they're very paranoid that they will have to be resubmitted to the mob and to the way it was to be raped and assaulted and all that crap. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind yeah. of like a mixed message. Yeah, the the women in this movie feminists, but they can't do it unless Dwight's there. Got to have that <sighs> man, or else you can't do it. You can talk about doing it, but you can't do it. Unless You're right, and there is kind of like a an, a nod at the beginning that like, no, we don't need you, but ultimately they kind of do. Um, and, the, and you're so you're you're right about it. women in this in this film. I call it hyper masculinity. The movie, but women are not represented well here either. I'd love to read like a gender a gender studies like majors thesis on this on this movie. I'm sure that they're out there um, because the women are pretty much all um, either prostitutes or prostitutes. Uh, yeah, and there's also again watching the extended cut. This whole IRA part of it with that story. <laughs> 
Which yeah. is good. They got the guy. You know that guy who's in like all these yeah. movies who's got this. Dude, oh yeah, you yeah. Dude with that guy. on his face and you got to get him. Braveheart and Angus yeah, Braveheart. I used to know uh, it, from Smoke and yeah. Aces. Yeah, that guy. But there's like Sons it goes of that. It gets a lot more of that in this extended part. It's like, good God, I'm so glad they cut all that out. That's why it was so obvious to me. I'm like, this is clearly the extended cut. I don't need to see all this extended IRA bullshit and the tar pits and all this stuff. It's like 10 <laughs> different characters all of a sudden. I'm like, dude, we're already loaded as it is, man. But uh, in that story, the women, Gail is in love with Dwight still. They're both in love. Like, I, lo I love that line. I do like, you know, like always in always love and never. never. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And but and I think, it, and again, that gets echoed back between Hardigan and Nancy at the end because he's like, I'll always, you know, I'll, I'll always love you, but he means never. Exactly. Which he takes great. his own life. I mean, that he shows, I just think it's love here could have been explored a little bit more, but it's such a grimy story anyways yeah. that it's kind of, there's not enough time for that maybe in a movie. If this, I, I did want to throw the question out to you guys, like, would you love to see a Sin City TV show like with multiple episodes or not? I mean, there is a sequel that came out, what, nine years later? I still have not bothered to watch it. Oh, So man. I think that says everything. Oh, you No, didn't I didn't bother. It, it looked stupid. It was way Six too late. Six times in the theater, didn't see the Never sequel. That, that I've actually it seen all, it. Man. That it, says it, it all that it, I'm the one to see it. So. <laughs> it says it all, man. If this, if that, if Damon Kilfor came out in 2007, it yes. would have fucking made so much weight. And they money. had some returning characters like Bruce not all of them but Bruce Willis and Clive Owen and Jamie did come King back, yeah, Jamie, so Jamie King came back but yeah why didn't I, I, I can't remember why they didn't jump right right into it because his plan was Rodriguez's plan was to make all of them especially to Helen back which was my favorite book he's gonna have Johnny Depp as Wallace who's gonna be fucking you got sidetracked awesome. by yeah, that probably, grindhouse bullshit I don't know I don't know. It could have been something to do with funding at the studio level. Who knows? But they, they, they might as well just not have bothered with the second one. Although, I, I say that as someone who didn't watch it, but it got bad reviews, and that's partly why I didn't watch it. Oh, it sucked. Yeah, it was trash. It was total trash. It was it was too late. It's like fucking Dial Destiny's way too late. Go away. But I I actually do want to ask that question about Clive Owen. I mean, Clive Owen is awesome. I love Clive Owen as an actor, and I know that he did uh, the show you liked on Cinemax, uh, The Nick Right, Travis? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somewhat Very more good. recently, but it's been... Well, that was like 10 know. years ago. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's almost 10 years ago now. So I wonder, what happened to Clive Owen? I miss him. I loved him. Children of Men, Closer, this movie. These three movies right yeah. here in 04, 05, those are three excellent films, and he's really a key part of all three of them. Then he did Shoot Him Up, and ah! um, I feel like... Right? Fucking Carrot and all that. <laughs> I think I think he started making some not so great choices and kind of squandered his uh, his cash of Hollywood, you know, power. Paul Giamatti and Clive Owen in Shoot 'Em Up. I mean, Clive Owen, yes, but Paul Giamatti? Come on, so terrible. Ugh. Well, I'm so glad he brought that up. I don't That's know, a good call. I'm not. The movie's shit. You know, it is. Uh, Big Fat Kills definitely my yeah. my least favorite. I I think a lot of it as I sat down with pen and paper is because um, all three of these characters, Marv, Hardigan, Dwight, they're just too similar. It's like they, they, they seem to have the same problem. They have these physiological mm -hmm. conditions. Like they're obsessed with this mm -hmm. woman and they're hard boiled. So like I was just getting bored. It just seemed like more of the same. And that's partly why I think a sequel wasn't really necessary. I think this was a lot of fun. But you're right. I mean, watching this movie, you're watching essentially. I mean, they're not just three similar characters. The two of them are even like are on revenge kicks, sort of. And like, you know, it, there's a there's there is a lot of similarities between these characters. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's loaded too. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Michael Clark Duncan's in this. There's so mm -hmm. many people in this movie. Brittany Murphy, we haven't mentioned who would eventually pass mm -hmm. away. Rucker Howard. Mm -hmm. Rucker Howard. Yeah. man. come on. I that yeah. was the one. Yeah. That I didn't remember. I was like, oh shit, Rutger Howard was that that was the one that blew me away so much that I did not recall. I will admit that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I joined. <laughs> fucking still crazy. Oh, I love that. And he's like awesome. so he kisses the fucking head that got squished mm -hmm. onto the Bible. Kisses the head. Squish it right yeah. on the Bible yeah. page <laughs> hardcore. Yeah. I mean, going back, like I I I have a very vivid rem uh, memory of being in the in the Imagine Theater in Novi, Michigan. And to be honest with you, I got that weird feeling. You know, when the crowd's pumped and they shuffle in and everyone's throwing popcorn, they're excited. People were squirming until 
that zoom in on Marv's shadow and uh, the hard goodbye story started with Marv. Everybody kind of picked themselves mm-hmm. up and slapped themselves and woke up. That's where it is, man. I mean, that's and that's like a 35, 40 minute chunk, that you, which is just exquisite from start to finish. I got issues with everything else, but I mean, that's just so good. Yeah, it's the highlight of the film. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> the sun. Uh, oh, what is what is this? Okay. Um, sorry, Michael. Rourke Jr., the yellow bastard, Nick Stahl. I mean, he's the biological kid of, of uh, Rourke, the senator. Why can't Senator Rourke just have another kid? <laughs> he's, he's so worried about his bloodline. I, I, I guess because he's ancient. He's probably impotent. Oh, no, that's a great point. That's I, a good point, Eric. Pacino just yeah. had a kid. He's fucking You're 85 right. years Plot old. Plot point exposed. Fine. That gets again at like there's so much about like men having sex, but it's like unspoken a lot of times for even though it's like lacquered on heavily in other places. Like I didn't realize until this viewing Mm. that uh, Marv was a virgin until Mm. Goldie. I know. I didn't know that He literally says it. I mean, I figured that he was like, you know, that he wasn't used to a lot of women, but he essentially says that that was that she took his virginity at like 50 years old or whatever. No one's ever touched me like something. Yeah, It's, it's so strange that you say that. If you read the books, Dwight is abstinent. Like he he doesn't have sex because he thinks it'll bring him down and, and fuck up his virility. Interesting. Does he have red cons in the book too? <laughs> Those did, I just don't see Clive Owen wearing red cons. What? With that haircut, he does. Not, I don't see anyone wearing red cons who isn't red shoes. That kid we went to high school with. That's exactly where I was going. Yep. <laughs> I was just gonna say red shoes is the standard bear. You know, I apologize for red shoes, and I work with them at Target. Good. But that's a, I hope you apologize on behalf of all of us. I said I've had. Steve, yes, it was him and a brother. Bad. Yellow shoes and red shoes. I made it right. Uh, that's right. I forgot about yellow. Shoes. Made it right. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you made it right. Shout out to Red Shoes. You have a real name. You're a real man. Yeah. Real person. We value you. Not like they give a fuck about us. They wouldn't live their own lives. He didn't lives. accept the apology. Oh, he did. He huh? Okay. Wow. No, he he darted, darted away. Okay. Really? Huh? All right. Yeah. Yeah, we had it Good. He gave it to you. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh, by the way, I just want to—I'd mention Carla Gugino, who is just a mm. goddess. But um, also Unreal. Rosario Dawson oh, in that Jesus. outfit. I mean, yeah, these are male fantasies or female fan. Whoever, if you are attracted to these people, you love it. I mean, yeah, they're fucking hot, and <laughs> yeah. it's well done. But it's not like it's not too over the top. It's like just right too in a way. It's like nice. That's classy, sexy. Not too. There's perverse scenes in this film, but not with those two <laughs> characters in particular. There's nothing wrong with uh, women flaunting Fuck what no. they have whatsoever. In fact, you watched the bon- I was talking. I teased this uh, bonus feature story. Get that two disc DVD if you like this film because they show the entire film in its entirety with no effects. Just the green screen in Rodriguez's wow. studio. So you get crystal clear HD images of every scene. And you know where I'm going with this. I'm that. There it is. Dwight. Mr. Skin.com. You, you damn fool. Is that is that the worst? Of, I think that's like Love the, that I think that's the worst Brittany delivery Murphy. in the movie other than Michael Madsen's. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so trite. Uh, by the way, uh, we didn't mention any musical references. Any musical references for this film at all? Not really. Or just like whatever. That dumb song at the strip club. To go back to the whole um, thing about like how this movie is so much of it is like men protecting <laughs> women. I also find it really interesting that uh, so you have Hardigan and his like questionable kind of thing going on with Nancy. Um, not, I, I'm not sure what's going on with Dwight so much because he seems a little bit more on the up and up. But I guess he's abstinent. And then you have um, Marv, who's like on going on about how he, he can't hit a woman. Like I never hit a woman. Like I don't, I don't, I don't like guys who rough up women. Right? He's talking like next to the woman that he just knocked unconscious with his fist when he says that. That's which correct. I think is worth pointing out. There's like this disconnect that's happening with a lot of his actions, and sometimes he's aware of it. Like he's like, he's like, oh shit, am I a psycho killer? Uh, I don't know. I better plow ahead. <laughs> Maybe they watched that uh, clip of Sean Connery speaking to uh, who was it, Connie Chung, where he talks about it being absolutely necessary to slap a woman. I mean, Frank Miller might feel that way, but I don't think that Marv is supposed to. But then he does. 
Well, again, see, this <laughs> shit makes more sense with this extended version. There's a whole scene with Marvin and his mom. Is that in the main oh, one? No, right? dude. No, it's not. Mike, I'm, no, I'm telling you because... All of this, I'm convinced. This is all it's the Genesis where he talks about being confused, right? Marv says, I get confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's he, where he does it starts. talk about his mom being threatened by Rourke and them, too, so it would have exactly. made sense to have her in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could, I'm glad it got cut again, but it, he goes to see... Big giant Marv goes to see this super old woman. That's his mom. And she's like, oh, Marv, are you confused again? Are you getting confused? It alludes to all this shit that's going on with them, which Is you don't get from the main... No, she's just some shocking. old. I know it is shocking. Yeah, it makes you wonder where how yeah, I don't know where things town. disconnected wah, wah. there, but wah, wah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Travis, um, tell it like it is, brother. Unless you got anything else. Uh, no, I think I pretty much said everything I wanted to say about it. I've always loved the delivery. Just one last thing: when 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 Marv is talking to Lucille, you know, Carla Gugino in in her bathroom, he's like. The old days, the bad days, the all or nothing days—they're back. That's what that's that scene is like, or that in the that delivery is one of my favorite parts in the movie. And um, Bruce Willis like lying on the street, like on the, and towards the beginning, like trying to like get his ticker under control, and he, like pounds the pavement literally with his fist and rises up with that gun in his hand. That is awesome. That was great in theaters. Um, yeah. So and that kind of gets it why I'm I have a very forgiving attitude towards this movie I, I recognize a lot of your complaints Eric and and share some of them um, I fully expected to go in watching this movie and come out saying that it did not hold up but I don't feel that way I feel like it does hold up it is flawed it is not needing sequels um, it is uh, it's got its moments that are problematic at best but man it is so slick it is so cool it is so violent in the ways that I like um, it is just fraught with so many characters that are interesting and well acted by really established and solid actors. It, it definitely holds up for me. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad I revisited it. Mm. Oh man, Travis, you did it again, man. You got me thinking. Stick to your guns, Eric. Place, just kind of nitpicking <laughs> this. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay true to my heart. I mean, like in a lot of ways, yeah. This is like a it's quick, operatic, and cool, but it's also like goofy and dumb. Like I mean, we're homaging film noir here, and all the great film noirs are so complex. You don't even know what the fuck is going on half the time, and you got to watch them and rewatch them for narrative reasons. Everything in this is just so obvious and cliche. Clergy's bad. Police mm-hmm. are corrupt. It it gets very. Uh, uh, sophomoric for me in terms of the, the screenwriting so I am nitpicking it here as a 42 year old man um, I was kind of bored man and it, it sucks because <laughs> uh, I love that Marv stuff and the performances are fun but I was like this is kind of stupid uh, I don't know man it's got its moments but it didn't hold up this time there it Sorry is alright finally well, last time someone said a movie didn't hold up I feel like it's been a while <laughs> Yeah, me too. Glad you stuck to your guns, Eric. Uh, for me, I watched the film. It was entertaining, and I was sucked in. So that was it. So that's all you really need. It, it holds up for me because it was entertaining enough, and I actually thought that there were some really great performances. And the cast, outside of the of the Jessica Alba thing, it's all awesome, really. So Michael I'm not going to let that... Oh, yeah, right. Those two. You take those two things out, and I'm pretty happy. I see it differently than you do, Eric, as... You know, they're trying to, like, they are cliches, like, because these are cliches. It's just, like, a way that it's recognized by the writer or the creators, you know? Yeah. Can I jump in real quick? I'm sorry, but, I, yeah. I mean, with Frank Miller directing this, like, it, everything is so overblown and overexposed that you don't even see, like, the lines in people's faces and stuff. It's just white and black because it's all simplified and, and, and like, put into this sharp contrast. And that's why it's so basic, I think, to me, because that's, like, what he's going for. One of the coolest at yeah, he sorry, just stomped. I already said it held up, uh, guys. It's fine. Thoughts here, Mike. But um, one thing that I I was I was like, damn, that is that is really cool. Uh, was when Mars looking out the window after Goldie's been killed, and now it's all black and white. But those the uh, the blue and mm-hmm. red from the cops only that kind of puts color on his face. 
yeah. really cool. Certainly moments- some... Also, if your partner shoots you in the back eight times, is it water under the bridge? <laughs> Do you let them give you a lift somewhere? Do you trust yeah. them for that? Especially if you don't have a car. <laughs> it's basic. It's got to survive. Hardy gets to survive it. You got a bum ticker. Ah, you need a ride. Got a bum ticker.com. All right. Thanks for joining us. That's number nine for this week. We did Sin City. Check it out. Cinema 9 pod at gmail.com. Email us. Do you have thoughts on Sin City? We'd love to hear them. I mean, we always love to hear outsiders opinions of whether it held up or not we'd like to get disagreements too we're not about you know just group think here you guys better say what we say no that's not what we do here that's about open conversation (laughs) so uh eric you're not gonna be here next week so i guess we're kind of like we're not sure what we're gonna do at this moment so we'll just kind of there's a possibility there's a possibility possibility. should we not say we can say it there's a possibility go ahead there's a possibility that has been hinted before on this show, dangled like sausage from a piece of string in a living room. Uh, we may do Freddy Got Fingered. It's a possibility. But it wouldn't include Eric. Right. Which would be sad. It makes him I want to force though. him to watch the movie. I want to watch him. I want to force him to watch that movie. Uh, but we, I'm not even. Yeah, so we don't know. We might be able to get our friend Dave to come aboard because he wants to do that movie. But we're going to talk about it first. So that's why it's an incomplete at this time. But uh, stay tuned on our socials. You can we can tell you. We'll, there's other yeah, ways to we'll contact us, right? Yeah, we'll tell you something. Tell me something good. That song is terrible. All right, really bad. thanks. Yeah, it's really bad. This is Medicine City. You guys be the judge. Travis, Eric, Mike. Bye bye.